0: Hi, my name is Trudy Rosquay, and I am the founder of Vitality 40+. I am not only a master personal trainer specialising in women's and children's physical health, but also a menopause ambassador who is passionate about spreading the word and breaking all those mystical taboos over the M-word. I have created a series of podcasts with a variety of guests, not only on women's health issues, but subjects that relate to men's health and well-being also, Unlocking all the answers to questions that you may have wanted to ask, but unsure as to where to get the information. So hello and welcome to another podcast from Vitality 40+. Plus. Well, today will be my first uh, two-man interview uh, at this one point with um, <laughs> Claire and James, um, who I'm going to let them introduce themselves because it's always better when they do it themselves. So Claire and James, I have met. Um, well, I haven't actually met, met. We've met, not met physically, but again, based in the UK. But we have some really strong relationship twines between our life in Spain and the UK. And in fact, the more that we spoke, the more we realised that our, our lives actually really did cross over, both in um, the holistic and physical sense. So they are called the Midlife Mentors and run a a series of or paradox of workshops and um, if you get onto their emails you will see the different kind of like subjects they cover normally about energy Um, but today we're picking up about the science of stress. So first of all welcome Claire, welcome
1: James. Hey, hello, (laughs) Trudy. Loving being here. Thanks for having us on. Thank
2: you so much. Uh, We did have lots in common. We got a little bit uh, nostalgic about being in Spain, though, didn't we, when we were talking? Because we're back in London at the moment as well.
0: Yes, well, I am back in Jersey and it is sunny today. But however, um, yes, you you, you have it sussed. I haven't quite sussed this. But um, having been in Spain uh, for two years myself, but came back, I have only, well, although I have just come back and I know that yeah. I a the message going missing Spain, but of course you're there six months, is it six months on, six months off?
1: Kind of, Pretty yeah. Pretty much. We try and spend the colder, wetter UK months uh, in Spain for obvious reasons and then come back to the UK for like spring, <laughs> summer and into water. Yeah, and almost... then basically when those nights start drawing in and, and the rain's lashing, we're like, it's time to go. Can we
2: escape. <laughs> We, we do a runner, but thank you so much for that introduction. Yes, so we're the Midlife Mentors. Um, we have we actually started the Midlife Mentors with a podcast. Uh, three, it's over three years old now. It's amazing, um, isn't it? I can't
1: believe it's been so three long. Three years
2: old, um, and that's uh, we're very, very blessed that it's in the top one point five percent of global podcasts now. So we're Ooh. super true for that. Um, and that's just a no nonsense approach to health and happiness at midlife, basically. So we cover everything from. Um, you know the physical the mental and the emotional stuff that goes on uh, for us us people in the 40s and 50s and beyond so um so yeah we we, we run that and then uh, we also run a program called the midlife method which is an eight-week program that we take midlifers through which is of our six pillars so i know we've talked about our six pillars before mm. um and yeah we we kind of do corporate work as well we, we love what we do, um, and before we did this, we ran retreats for 10 years.
1: We did, which is where our expertise really comes from, I guess. So um, our backgrounds originally weren't in personal training, physical. Um, I've always been into sports and training and was like into the gym at a very I young wasn't. age. Claire's the opposite.
0: <laughs> you look a lovely shape now, though. She is in love with you.
1: Yes.
2: Thank you so much.
1: So, our background originally, I, I trained as a psychologist. So, I, I did um, social psychology and I did a master's in applied psychology and dabbled in it before actually starting to become a journalist, then becoming more corporate. Um, but all this time, I was keeping up my health and fitness. And then uh, in about 2011, I was like, right, I'm moving to Ibiza and I'm just going to pursue fitness full time. So, I, I reskilled and um, got my PT qualifications. And as you'll see when you look at our website, since then, um, we kind of keep upskilling. We're kind of like oh, yeah. learning junkies. So, you know, we've got hormone um, certifications now, nutrition, gut health. Menopause. Um, because we're re- really big believers in that you've, you've got to look at as, as the person as a whole and all these factors that are going on for them, you know, this holistic approach. And I think too often in society, we'll try and fix an issue by looking at one symptom and going, oh, well, if we just do this one thing, like if we, uh, if I go on, go on the diet or I just start working out really hard That will give me the body I want. But of course, that's not addressing everything else going on, like your gut health, what are your limiting beliefs that are causing you to be there in the first place? How are you going to sustain it? So we love applying our, our psychology and our coaching backgrounds mm. along with the physical side and nutrition just to build like, a whole. But it is approach. important
2: to say I wasn't into my fitness at all. Um, I mean, I dabbled in the gym, but you know, I'd get PTs coming up to me going, okay, uh, do you realize you've just been on the treadmill for an hour and you, you're not, you're not changing your body shape by doing that and be like, mm, still going to do it. Cause I feel comfortable. Um, but actually it wasn't until just well over 10 years ago um, and I went through a nasty divorce got put on antidepressants and then I I then really got into my health and fitness I was like I don't want to be on these for the rest of my life I don't want to be reliant on them uh, what can I do and I was drinking heavily um, and it was just a really nasty time and it was actually me looking after my gut health and my nutrition and then starting to go to the gym that made me qualify in what I do now so the nutrition because okay. I was like Oh my god! I've got my power back. I've got my power back. It doesn't matter what's happened to me. Um, the thing that I can do is look after myself. And, um, that was my journey, and then I met this one, and he he dragged me over to Ibiza. He dragged Terrible. me. Amazing. I don't know what I mean.
0: any <laughs> man who I would meet. Dragged me off to Ibiza. I'm <laughs> waiting. I'm still waiting. It's great, though, isn't it? No, and and I think one of the things that you know, both of you have just encapsulated that in, in as a as a couple. Um, is that what we try to do on these podcasts is go out to men and women. And I know I keep going back to the menopause and I keep on trying to go like, I'm not going to do this podcast on the menopause because I actually do want men to go, which you know what, actually I do want to listen about different stuff. And I think it's great that you're together because you can both balance it out. And um, it, you know, I do think it's really important because, you know, and although this isn't, we're not necessarily talking about hormones per se on this one, but of course, we will be, um, <laughs> because yeah. it all comes down to the same old things. Um, but it's great that you know you we both get a male perspective because we know that men are from Mars, you know, and women are from the best place yeah. on earth. I mean, uh, women are, from <laughs> um, but that they, that they can come together and and work and bring a different a different approach. And I think that's really important when um, you know. Gosh, I'm a coach. I'm a I'm an educator, and you know I'm out there. In everybody's face um but some people would prefer that that's a different dynamic so I think this is going to be really good fun but yeah. I do on something you said Claire actually sorry yeah. James I just wanted to because you said about the six pillars of fitness uh, six pillars yeah. of health should we just yeah. tell our listeners what the six pillars are
2: yeah of course so our, our six pillars of the midlife methods are um so midlife movement midlife nutrition um success mindset midlife hormones, um, midlife emotional wellbeing, um, and accountability.
1: Oh, accountability.
2: Yeah. The missing key. put
1: those six together, you've got the recipe for magic.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Brilliant.
0: Okay. So let's today. (laughs) Yeah.
1: About us being a couple. Um, it it is really lovely because, um, particularly around things like, like the menopause, we're both, um, qualified menopause practitioners. So I'm lucky. I, as a man, I get to go actually into organisations and talk about the menopause, but specifically, I go in and get to talk to men about supporting their partners through menopause. And uh, I've That's actually amazing. increasingly been going in and talking to men and women about the andropause, which of course yes. you know, is the drop off in testosterone for men, and how that can be affecting like a range of factors in their life. So, and it's great we can I think we can bring that perspective, male and female, to like b- both of these menopause and mm, andropause. Absolutely. And
0: and in yeah. fact, I did do the podcast with our mutual friend, Ross. Oh, and-, <laughs> and I mentioned to him that we would be doing a podcast. And that was, uh, you know, for the listeners, this was completely surreal. I- I've met Ross through LinkedIn and we had a relation. We were like talking and saying, yeah, we need to do this, 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 this. We went down there. And then it just so happened that when I spoke to James, James said, oh, do you have a bit of testosterone? And I went, oh, Ross. So it's a small world when it comes to um, men's testosterone. Testosterone. That's <laughs> <I> <laughs> <laughs> and it leads itself into another another conversation which I'm not going into
2: a, right? a, a, a whole different conversation a whole
0: different <laughs> conversation so let's talk about uh, you know we we've named it the science of stress so first of all what is stress mm. uh
2: well stress you know you've got the um the fight or flight response but I think everyone everyone knows that um but we'll go into it a little bit more if we need to but I think stress is something When we're relating it to what we're experiencing in Western society today, stress is just there's this silent hum of of stress that we've all normalized and all got used to. And there's almost like the, the busier that we are, the more value we place on ourselves. And that in turn just creates this enormous amount of stress. And most of us don't even realize we're necessarily operating on that level of stress because it is so normalized. And you know, at midlife, we've got an, a, a myriad of stresses on us, way more than necessarily um, younger generations and our older generations. You know, we've got financial pressures, family pressures. We've got careers still. You know, we've got um, world issues, financial issues, all these things. Um, and we're also known, as Generation Xs, are also known as like Generation Squeeze because we are so squeezed by stress. Um, and I think... There's still a lot of shame, Um, sadly, it is being, um, you know, this whole thing around stress and burnout is being demystified, but there's still a lot of shame around stress, especially even just personally, but especially in the workplace and that's why we love going in and actually demystifying yeah. some of the stuff that it's around physiology stuff. It's around the physiology, not just your mental health. Well, like I say, it's like
1: a paradox there. There's there's still um, I think a culture where, where being stressed is equated with being busy and performing, so it's worn as a badge of honor. But then when you've tipped over that point where you're burning out, then it becomes a shame thing and people try try and hide it. Um so we need to demystify that. And you ask there, what is stress? For being technical, you know, it's it's a hormonal response to stimulus. If we want to break that down, though, it's like actually to, to a threat or a perceived threat. And most people are aware of, of, I guess, the symptoms, but don't actually know what's going on inside the body. And that's why we want to break down, you know, like, actually, why you're feeling this way isn't actually really that much in your control, right? It's, it's a chemical process that's occurring in the body that's causing this cascade effect, um, affecting everything for you: your mood, your emotions, your your physiology. Uh, and people will be aware of, of some of those, but not necessarily what what's driving it. I think, when we can bring awareness to actually what's going on, we can start to go, okay, well I, I can be a little bit kinder, and more compassionate with myself and understand that. And then we can start taking steps to remedy it. Um, I just have to say this, I, we do feel really passionate about this t- topic
2: because, and this isn't dramatic, stress is the silent killer. Like it really is. If you're at this level of stress, yeah. For a long time, even if you're not, even if you have a really stressful situation in your life and you don't take measures to actually acknowledge it and understand it, bring compassion to it, but then start using some tools and techniques to help bring those stress levels down, those hormones down, then that is going to really negatively impact your health in the long term. We're talking, you know, it's been linked to all sorts of, you know, heart disease, um, cancer, it's literally stress. Is the silent killer. And I feel passionate about this because my brother's got MS, right? Okay. And he, he's been in a wheelchair for a few years now. And he's only a couple of years older than me. And MS has been has been linked to stress. And when you speak to MS sufferers, a lot of them say that there was a stressful event in their life. And then they with the immune, basically, it's an autoimmune disease it basically started to attack the immune system and the stress um, thought,
0: if you internalize and that's what they say you know unfortunately with cancers with some cancers and this is obviously not in everybody's case that a chronic or a horrific stressful situation can occur in one's life yes. you internalize that stress yeah. that it can create yeah. an order aut- because we all have cancer cells in our body
2: yes yeah.
0: yes and it's only when our body own body creates and and sort of fights the Trigger. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 So it's it's a really, it's a really important topic that people understand what's going on with their body physiologically, because actually it can be a ticking time bomb if they don't start looking at it in more detail. And, And I
0: and I think that sort of brings me on to the fact that, you know, we've now sort of defined stress as a, you know, as a chemical reaction and we get that. But if we're looking in the workplace um and I, I was talking about this actually today on a on actually a coaching call this morning and they were, we were talking about and we we're in a culture as well whereby we take a pill yeah. it? everybody wants to take a pill well i don't feel i'm going to go to the doctors um and i was actually talking to somebody who had um spondylosis now and i've known this lady she's a very good friend of mine and i said you need to come to pilates be, but when i squat i really hurt my back why do you think that is?" Why are you thinking that is, you know, you have to be able, well, if I go to the chiropractor, the chiropractor will mend it. I said, how much money have you spent on chiropractic appointments? And why will you not do a series of Pilates courses? Because it's like a not to one binary effect, isn't it? <laughs> so I said, yeah. why are we always spending money on trying to get Dicks. treatments? And I know because yeah. I've been there and I've done the physios, the osteopaths that, you know, before I found the rest of like, like us became a PT and, studied women's fitness and um but it's about being able to holistically control now stress is no different we go along and everybody wants a remedy like those emails that come in and expect a response straight away it we need to feel like better now let's talk about external stress at work let's just aim at corporates because most of my audience are sitting there at work and it's overload yeah overload is happening so what is if we sort of do a chemical reaction of what does work overload do to us and then bring in other uh, factors as well yeah. A
2: hormone
1: pathway. yeah so if we look at actually what's, what's going on hormonally for us you know um what yeah, people say stress is so bad why do we have it well it's an evolutionary survival mechanism right back in the days when we were hunter-gatherers if you're faced in, in a dangerous situation you want to make an instant decision to fight or flight. And your body preps you for that by carrying out these chemical reactions. So the main two that it does, it'll spike your adrenaline and spike your cortisol. Now, if you carry on spiking adrenaline all the time, you'll eventually like deplete your, your adrenaline and get adrenal burnout. With your cortisol, if you keep spiking that all the time, you're going to get a whole host of physiological effects we'll speak about in a minute. But why this is a problem in the modern world is, you know, this evolutionary response, what it's designed to do is get you ready for immediate physical action. So it You know, increases your heart rate, sends blood to your muscles, shuts down non-essential. I mean non-essential. Non-essential if you're going to fight a tiger or run away from a tiger. (laughs) Your digestive system, your libido, your blood flow to internal organs, all starts shutting down and going off. So it's all just going to to your muscles. Your focus gets, like, very narrow on what what the threat is. Everything else becomes confused. You're breathing really hard to try and get more oxygen in. That is great if you're going to have, like, a 30-second encounter.
2: (laughs) With a tiger
1: with a tiger. Not so great if it's like the An ping, email. ping, ping, ping of the emails. <laughs> oh, this report's And that hum is just increasing, increasing through the day. So cortisol, we're meant to, it's meant to peak in the mornings. So it's a get up and go hormone and then decline through the day. What we tend to see in modern life is our cortisol spikes in the morning and then just carries on rising as we're dealing with the stresses of the day. Now, of course, elevated cortisol, um, as well as doing all those things we just talked about, is linked to um, anxiety actually chipping over into depression. It's linked to weight gain, particularly in abdominal and hip areas. It's linked to increased insulin resistance. It um, disrupts the production of serotonin, which is your feel good neurotransmitter. So all these things are going on uh, and I get it in a corporate perspective. I think technology has actually made us under pressure in a way we've never been before. And it's kind of ironic because go back to when i was a kid back in the 70s <laughs> you kind of read oh, these science, yeah you read these science books about the future and it's like oh there'll be machines computers and people work far less mm. actually mm. technology has made us work all, all more and longer you know in my dad's day you went to the office work started when you got into the office to your desk and it finished when you left your desk you know whereas yeah. now People are expecting responses to emails at 10 o'clock at night, six o'clock in the morning. Mm. It's a never off society. And we have to find a way of dealing with that and, and managing that stress appropriately. Mm.
2: I and mean, it does have an impact on relationships as well. Course, yeah. um, a negative impact on relationships. It has a negative impact on finances, work, ev- everything. Because, you know, like Jane said, all that physiological response is happening and you think, oh, it's, you know, that is what's happening to your body. Let's be very, very clear when that email's coming in or whether you have a confrontation or someone pulls out um, in front of you, that is what's happening. That's what's happening. I wanna
1: reality check here, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that uh, you will appreciate your own libido. Here's a fact for you. Cortisol is made from the same mother hormone, progenolone, as our sex hormones, so estrogen for women and testosterone for men. So if we allow that stress to continue, we're using more of the progenolone to make more cortisol, there is less available for our sex hormones. So that is affecting you in all kinds of ways. Low energy, low motivation, low sex drive, low libido, all these things are going to start to play out if you allow yourself to continue being stressed.
2: And it robs from DHEA, which is your youth hormone. So no wonder stress ages us as well. So hey. it's robbing from DHEA. See so there we are. Have
0: the chemical, you see, it's nice to have the chemical pathway. I mean, obviously, what I what, well I sort of do the saber toothed tiger, but, but it's quite nice to hear that because actually I've never thought about that. Why has why does stress affect our libido? Mm. why have i've seen people go gray overnight through yes uh, raging. yeah raging. i mean
2: I'm that was them. through
0: a loss for child but you know yeah. it, that was a horrendous thing but i do recall that and i remember thinking how does that work
2: dhea wow.
0: Yeah. wow
1: there you yeah. go
0: very yeah. interesting yeah. So your, your, your
1: stress is actually stealing from your sex hormone it's, production it's, and your youth hormone production yeah. well we, so don't, want we don't, want don't want that we've got, that. got, that. got that. enough going on your stress
2: us ladies particularly we've got enough going on and you guys, you know, our, our poor yeah. little oestrogen is, is declining anyway. We don't want to rob it further, do we?
0: <laughs> I'm just like laughing, thinking there's so many stories here that are not probably out for this podcast. But I'm just going to move <laughs> on quickly. Really, Trudy? No, no. Um, so we've now got all these chemical things with stress. What are we going to do with this now? Because, you know, we've still got this. The emails are still going to be coming in, right? There's still too much work to do. There isn't enough staff. I mean, I've been doing this corporate world for many, many years. And, it you know, I can remember how I learned to be a manager. And I was in Keats in 1996. <laughs> and I can remember going in as a new manager and saying to the MD, I need more staff. I need more staff. They're not coping. We can't cope. Blah, blah, blah. And he said to me, and it has always stuck with me, all the manager jobs, director jobs I've had, it's always stuck with me. He said, it won't matter how many staff I keep throwing at you. People will only work to the extremes that they want to. And they will never, That the human nature will always be that they will, if we put more people in, they'll just work less. And therefore, it will keep going, right? So you'll always be wanting more because you'll look, never be working out, you know, it'll always be the same. You'll always be working to a maximum. So I t- took that way. I was like, Mm-mm-mm. actually, when you think about it, we all work with pressure. Perhaps we should define stress and pressure.
2: It's that bell, the bell curve of yeah. stress. Where it's, a point. It's, so- it's, it's it's everyone's different perception of what's stressful as well. Because, you know, you can put someone that's really comfortable with being on stage and that's the sort of pressure that makes them perform really really well but you put someone that's um really like I just absolutely that would be their worst nightmare you put them on stage that tips them over the edge into massive stress and then all of those negative um chemicals and all that sort of stuff you push them over and then they go into burnout
1: <laughs> yeah we all have different stress tolerances and different performance levels I think this is why there's not there's lots of guiding principles we can apply to everyone but it's not a one-size-fits-all no. because you know, one situation is going to stress one person, the other person will be totally relaxed in it. But it's about learning your own stress tolerances and your triggers, and then starting to take steps to manage that. So, part of that is identifying your triggers, part of that's identifying your boundaries, part of that's just putting good practices in place for yourself. But pressure, we may not have the ability to, to influence, whereas our own stress, we can influence how we let that manifest yes. for us
2: and yeah. our response and our yeah. response to it. So, stress is. You know this might not be a particularly um favorable approach to it but stress is your response to external factors we can we can learn how to you know we can't change the outside world all the time but we can choose our reaction to everything that is in our responsibility and that is it within our power um, but you need to be armed with the right tools and the right information and actually understand when you are moving from that pressure place because I do think there's a certain amount of pressure that's good for us. I, I do. I think we operate. Yes, that's why was kind of, you know, my, my level of pressure um, might freak someone out, but I thrive in that, actually thriving. <laughs> Whereas, you know, I, I'm one of these people that go right up to, to the wire with a dissertation and it, ever since I was at school and all sorts of things like that, but you know other people that would freak them out and take them over into stress and actually make them their breathing go really fast they'll actually go into tunnel vision so they can't even focus that's when you kind of know it's these things when you know you're going into a a serious stress response rather than pressure because pressure kind of makes you think yeah i'm on it i'm I'm on this is this is good
0: and i think and i think i think that's you know that's a good a good line to suddenly like okay so we've moved from pressure to stress so what are we going to say to people that let's just give a few tips now guys about how to help people when they can feel that internal stress building
2: Um, can I just say one thing Trudy as well just on that about um, just before we give us a couple of tips what I really want to say as well is sometimes we can say yeah yeah I'm stressed but then I'm not going to do anything about it so people might listen to this and then go yeah yeah that's fine but I'll do something about it later I'll do something about it later Mm, yeah And one of the things um, oh it's not really important it's not really that bad one of the things I really want to say about you know what can people do is the first thing you need to do is actually look down the line and think to to yourself and ask yourself the question, if my life continues like this for the next six months, the next year, the next two years, the next six years, what's my health going to be like? What's my mental health going to be like, physical health, mental health? What's going to be impacted by this? It's really important that you don't just say, I'm feeling stressed, but I'll ignore it. I'll listen to this podcast. I'll listen to the tips and then I won't do any of them because you need a really strong why. You need a really, really strong why. And if you look down the line, a timeline of what you what will happen if you don't do anything about it, then you're faced with your why. Then you're faced with the reality yeah, of doing yeah, something yeah. about it now. Like, how are your kids going to suffer? How are your relationships going to suffer? How's your work going to suffer? How's your weight going to suffer?
1: Mm-hmm. We live in a, in a culture, a medical culture, of treating the symptom once it's occurred. We want to actually start going more towards preventative so it's difference between self-care and aftercare so yes when you're in a stress situation there are things you can do but the, the general principles I want to share with you you should start doing them now whether you're stressed or not because it's helping build your resilience to cope with stress better mm. so we want to practice that self-care so that the aftercare we need is less right it's like if you need to go to hospital for something and you're fit and healthy you've got a much better chance than if you're completely out of shape and all the rest of it so that's what you start to do i say number one Start to move your body regularly. There's lots of research out there showing that um, exercise reduces stress, has uh, loads of other beneficial health benefits we all know about, but it is a massive stress reducer. And obviously, improving your overall fitness will help you be more resilient.
2: These are our six pillars, actually. These are these are and they all help towards um reducing stress and being uh, helping you deal with it a lot better then there's nutrition
1: nutrition is you want to clean up your diet so try and cut as much processed food out as you can and especially sugar sugar is highly inflammatory to the body as well as loads and other addictive effects not
2: too much alcohol
1: alcohol it's also our gut (laughs) and um most of our neurotransmitters that affect our mood and emotion are produced in the gut so if our guts aren't, aren't healthy, we don't have the healthy biomes we're already going to be in a low mood which again is going to make us more susceptible to stress so more fiber probiotics and then also uh, you know
2: we're going on to the mindset stuff so it is that holistic approach at looking at all of it um, so then we we would say you know practice tools um you know nlp tools understand your triggers like change your response look at your limiting beliefs look at what's going on in your head what's the script that's going on when you're stressed and actually start working with that and looking at your mindset um, and then also practicing more things like one of the other things we talk about is emotional well-being well, we actually kind of mean that sense of knowing yourself and the connection to yourself and the legacy that you want to leave and you're fulfilling your potential, basically. And that is all stuff around gratitude. It's around being present, trying to bring yourself into the present moment, not always looking for the next fix, the next fix to make you happy. It's about learning how to be happy now in the present moment. And I tell you what, that gratitude in itself and understanding how to be present in itself releases that worry and that stress.
0: I agree with that I yeah. totally that's from a very personal point of view um when I was um I was compromised out of a uh, a job a financial services job and I had two ways of thinking of it so we we talk you mentioned there about CBT okay mm. so for anybody who is listening who may not be aware of that that's cognitive behavioral therapy now, I am not a CBT specialist in any way, but let's just give a prime example. And that's because it's just find that, as you said that. So for me, uh, being compromised out of a job. So to be compromised out of a job, out of the financial services industry, it's just a way of, of sort of making it all nice and giving you a nice big payout for you not to take that company to court for unfair yeah the yes. So um, in, in effect, I was given three months just before my 50th birthday of garden leave, plus a payout of another three months. So it was really six months pay. But at the time that I was being compromised and releasing 24 cases of unfair dismissal against this employer, but I'm over it. um, It was, (laughs) I had two ways of thinking. I could either allow my my inner gut to say to me, I can't believe this has happened. How unfair, how unjust. May that person rot in hell may gotcha. karma come back and absolutely eaten and now I will say it's taken a long time but it it took that time but I could go down that road then I would go into the despair feeling the withdrawal feeling I'm going to withdraw I'm not worthy it's not my fault what has happened um, you know why, why has this happened to me I'd played the the victim um, Or I could turn it and say, oh, my goodness, you've just been given three months paid leave in the summer, just before your 50th birthday, to go and do what you want, where you want, and this could be your opening, which in fact led us to Spain. So there yeah. was the the moment of looking at something.
1: It's, but, it's, I love that story, I'm really sorry that happened to you, but it's a mm. lovely story. You've hit on something really important there, because we, we all have the ability, it can be hard to do, and I'm not saying it's easy, hard and to it, it's it's The practice. ability to tell our own story, right? We get to pick our reaction. And in the moment, you can forget that, because you're all heated up, you know, Yeah. those hormones, those chemicals are causing you. life. are like, Absolutely, yeah. And that's but okay, that's okay. Okay, but if you can just like take a deep breath, step back, you go, actually, What's the story I want to tell myself? The one I always use is road rage, right? We've all experienced it. So you know, you're rushing to get someone and someone cuts you up and they're shouting through it, you're shouting, and you stay steamed up, you get to where you're going, you're like, you won't believe what (laughs) you're carrying that anger on through that the other person's gone on their way. They're not affected at all. Just choose to have Sorry, but uh, you know what? Maybe that person was in a rush, they had to get to hospital for a relative yes. or something. Yes. I'm gonna well,
2: here's the thing: the saying is it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That is anger, yeah. is it? it really, I
0: haven't heard that. I do like, like that. I use the yeah, it's like voice, drinking like... drinking
2: your own poison and expecting yeah. the other person to they don't They've moved on with their life. And here's the thing. We're all responsible, like James said, for our reaction to, to everything. And it's not easy. And it does come with practice. And, you know, there are some absolutely terrible things that happen to all of us. And I'm sorry that happened to you. But what we do, we, there is an opportunity. What's the opportunity in everything? Because I can look back now where we've been, as even as a couple, been completely screwed over by someone, totally screwed. You can, And it's okay to be really angry about that and, and really cross. But actually, we chose to go. You know what? What we have is precious. Our every moment is precious. Time is not something we get back. How do I want to experience the next moment? Not like that. Yeah. I don't want to carry on being like that. So it's absolutely true. And that's that's a, a response to stress. Is telling a different story around a situation for sure. Yeah.
0: And that's and that's what we're trying to sort of say to listeners now. You know. We all are responsible for ourselves. You know, I mentioned the word victim. Well, that's a, a different podcast for a different time. But but we we can't afford to keep playing the part of victim. We can't keep afford to play the part of woe is me. My life is crap because... This mm. always happens to me. That happens to me. Mm. And I did do that. I was terrible for that. When I look back in retrospect, and it's quite a big like admission for me, really. But when I look back, it was kind of like, well, why does this always happen to me? Why does it, you know, well, you just got to kind of like get your head around it, move it on. And I suppose really that I, you know, the coaching and the, the platform that we we're sort of in now and now putting your own advice into practice as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? And the same like for yourselves, you know, we, we talked about you doing retreats um, when we were talking before about COVID, and that just wiped you out yes. as a business. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there were so many other businesses. It kind of just, one minute you're going along quite nicely, earning yes. a nice money from doing retreats. The next, woof, gone. Yeah. Nobody yeah. can tell you when it's going to happen, nobody can tell you what's going to come out to the other side. Um, now, of course, everybody's doing retreats, of course, because everybody, yeah. <laughs> everybody's what saying, hell? let's get but away. Really
2: great. It's actually, here's the thing. Like I can look back up so many things over my life personally, but even in, in our time together in the business, and I think what actually looked like an absolute disaster was an utter utter blessing like an Definitely. utter blessing but and you know steve jobs was the one that said you only understand life looking backwards yeah so <laughs>
0: that's a great phrase you, i didn't know that yeah, one either.
2: you don't at the time it's okay to be go through grief despair anger all these sorts of things but and, and actually it's a really important process that you do from from an, an emotional perspective to kind of like heal and get it out but once that's done then you can start shifting that story um to one that is more fulfilling and respectful of the time that we have here on earth
0: and um, that's brilliant <laughs> you know honestly and um you know i really that is amazing and i feel like we could go on forever I know. I feel there is more to come, and I'm hoping that we can perhaps get our schedules again for another month to be able oh, to meet we'll to, to do another one because we'd uh, love to do that, We really, really
2: would. It's, it's, it's
0: brilliant. We've got so much synergy, and it's yeah. so like naturally bouncing that I can feel like I want to go left wing and then go right wing, and uh, <laughs> we'll go down there. So, just to finish, um, as we've done our three, we've done little tips, but can we do three tips to help the listener? just try to define and analyze stress and to be able to help them. You know, somebody might be like really wanting some assistance.
1: So yeah. I'd say um, first thing is like recognize your triggers, recognize the situational people that, that are making you feel stressed. And then there'll be there'll be some of those you can remove. One, one thing we always advise clients do is like, you know, if you're, if you're scrolling through social media, stop that anyway. If there's certain people that are always triggering you, just take them off your feed, you know, because it's easy to get cut in this loop. Like, oh, that makes me really angry, but I just want to see a bit more of it. So, just cut it shame, out.
0: Shame if that's your partner.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a joke, by so, way, okay, okay. So the triggers you remove, remove. The triggers you can't remove, have a plan for dealing with them. So, go. Oh, right, I know this is happening. Doing, doing the same thing, the same thing is, and expecting a different result is insanity. So, if you're getting a similar situation, similar person. Try a different approach to dealing with it. Choose a different reaction. So that's first one. identify your triggers and choose a way. to I manage would. That. I would
2: also say prioritize. Give yourself permission to prioritize your own space. So even if it's five minutes in the morning, you know we're massive fans of um, mastering your mind in the morning. So like a morning routine. So before you let the outside world in, before you let your emails in, before you let the look at the news, which is just terrifying, you know, sit there and three things you're grateful for. What would make today great? and an affirmation so a really powerful i am statement that will see you through the day so that's my tip
1: my final tip is um awareness of your boundaries and not only your own awareness but letting other people know what they are particularly in a corporate setting so you know what is what is acceptable for me and what's not because a lot of times stress can come from allowing people to overstep our boundary and taking stuff on we don't want to take but we're not saying anything and i know some people listening like actually setting a boundary can be a stressful act in itself but trust me once you have done it and everyone knows where they stand it's a much less stressful situation so Mm, yeah
2: and when you do that as well by the way you give other people permission to do the same when we just you know i remember sitting there i'll just tell you this story when i when i was working in pr for all those years you know we'd all sit there till like eight o'clock at night nine o'clock at night not doing very much But because everyone else was doing it and you felt bad. Here's the thing when you and you can say it from a very powerful but calm space. This is my boundary. And then you give other people the power and the permission to do the same. But it has to start. It could start with that one person. That one person could be you.
0: That's brilliant. No, thanks, guys. Absolutely amazing. I'm so glad we got this together. It's only been our third attempt to do this podcast. <laughs> um, hope it won't take so long for the next one, but I am so pleased. Lovely to speak to you. Thank you so much, Claire and James. Thank, Thank you, Trudy. Loved it. Love. Thank you. For more information on the topic that you've just listened to please visit my website, www.vitality40plus.com. Thanks for listening.